Here we go. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. It's Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, so it must be time for another fish live stream. I'm your friendly fishmonger, Dan, from dancefish.com, and your uh, host this evening. So thanks for being here. Glad you're all here. And I have uh, some updates in the big 125-gallon aquarium behind me, which you can probably see there. We'll get into that in a little bit. Hey, Real. Hey, HC. Good to see you. Got uh, Bob and Lumpy Dog here to mod. So if anyone misbehaves, they've got the hammer to bring down. Um, this is probably not a smart thing to say, but we haven't had a lot of misbehavior on this channel. It's been pretty smooth sailing the whole time. So let's hope that continues. Of course, now that I said that, tonight will be the night, right? <laughs> tonight will be the night. For those that don't know, um, if you want me to get to your comment or your question, make it at Dan's Fish. Uh, it'll populate, select it so it highlights for me, and I'll jump right to it. So... Let's get to it. Let's say hi to some folks. Real, hey, glad you're here. Looks like Real was first with a close second, Angela Turner. <laughs> What's with the axe? We'll get into that in a second. Um, Amp Aquatics, I'm not going to fall asleep this time. <laughs> do I usually put you to sleep, Amber? Oh, well. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Hey, Real. Um, <laughs> That's funny. 54 Punchy. Hey, you made it. Glad to see you. Glad you're here. Um, when does your work schedule change? When can you join us more often? Uh, we've been missing you, but I'm glad you made it. Glenn Norton. Hey, good to see you, Glenn. Alrighty. Um, 32 watching. Not bad. Uh, for those that uh, would be so inclined, if you wouldn't mind sharing this out and let's see how many folks we can get in here. Let's make it a good night. Carbon really? Hey, good to see you. HC Aquatics, good to see you. All right. So everyone's wondering about the uh, axe, which it's not a hack axe. It's <laughs> I can't talk. It's not an axe. It's a hatchet. And uh, I did that because of the fish in the tank behind me. I went lumberjack on it. So got a whole, whole bunch of hatchet fish. These are silver hatchets, a species that I really, really like. Um, one thing I'm always on the lookout for is good surface dwelling fish because that can be a, a part of your aquarium that is a little more difficult to stock. So I got all these so I could have some surface dwellers in this aquarium and I got enough that I can, I'm going to keep a group I think for myself, but I've got like around a hundred of them or maybe more. So there's, there's plenty to, to distribute as well. So they're not ready for sale yet. I'm waiting for them to finish uh, getting settled in. They're a little bit of a touchier fish, so they take a little more time. And once they're all settled in, then I'll list them for sale at dancefish.com, uh, which you can find at getgills.com or dancefish.com, either way. So that's what's with the, the axe or the hatchet because of the hatchet fish behind me. So I don't know, just popped in my head that it'd make a fun thumbnail. So I went for it. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, <laughs> it's like full lumberjack because it's also still winter here. It's very snowy. We have blizzard warnings out right now. So it's a little crazy right here in northern Wyoming. 
I wonder how 54 Punchy is doing. She's in Wyoming too. Got snowed in today. Got stuck trying to get to the highway. Yep, it's it's one of those days. It's very snowy, very windy, very Wyoming today. So, <laughs> well, uh, I guess the bright side, Pam, is that you got to come join us. So great to see you again. I'll take it. Amp Aquatics. No, <laughs> you don't put me to sleep. It's just my time zone. I'm a few hours ahead. Okay, okay. Well, if you need to go to sleep, I could I could sing you a lullaby. We could get you there, Amber. We can get you there. Um, <laughs> John Durer says, Dan, I have some half-beak young. What's good food for them to grow? Oh, that's tricky. Um, I think I think it depends. If you're just keeping them in a, in a normal aquarium with lots of plants, it might be a little difficult because they're going to want to eat right at the top. So, I mean, my best suggestion would be uh, baby brine shrimp and stuff like that, but put a light right over the top, like a little, I don't know, a little bright spot at the top so all the brine shrimp will congregate up in it so that the little half beaks can get to them. You could try small fruit flies. I'm not sure exactly how big they are, but um, as soon as they're big enough for fruit flies, they really like those. They'll also eat flakes and things though too. They're not a very picky species at all. So if you can crumble up some flakes, uh, find some small pellets or crumble up some pellets, then I think they'll do fine for you. One of the tricks with half beaks, um, there's such a slender fish that even the adults, I feed at least a couple times a day. If I don't, they tend to start losing weight. So I would assume with the fry, it's even more of an issue. So my main suggestion, I think, would be just feed as many times a day as you can uh, with small meals. But they should eat flakes, they should eat pellets, and uh, any live foods that you can get up to the top would be would probably be good. Um, I'm not sure if vinegar eels are big enough that they'd be interested them in them or not, but if they are, vinegar eels like to get up to the top, so that might be a good one too. But I think a staple of flakes and pellets with like a daily supplement, if you have it, a baby brine shrimp or something like that, could, could be good. Um, if you're not keeping them in a, a main tank, then something that can help is if you can keep them in another container with very shallow water, <clears throat> that can help keep the food up where they can kind of get to it. So that's another thought for you. Uh, that's what I've got, John. Uh, how many babies do you have? How big are they? How old are they? Congrats. That's awesome. Glad you got some babies. All right. Madfish Diva says, my white clouds stay at the top. Yeah, so there are a lot of fish that tend to stay uh, middle to top range. Um, a lot of the pseudomugo rainbows, white clouds, some of the danio species and stuff like that. But what's harder to find is a fish that really sticks to the top. And they're not doing it right now because they're still new. But I think once they settle in, these hatchets will prob probably pretty much stick to the top of that tank. Half beak same, they stick up at the top. A lot of the Achilles I sell do that as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's a zone that often fish will get into, but there's very few that will just hang there. 
and kind of help you get the stratification of the different zones of fish as you put them in there. But yeah, I hear you. Uh, white clouds will definitely go up there. Lots of species will. And it's my hope that these guys will. I'm actually a little bit surprised, Madfish Diva, that they're um, all over the aquarium like they are right now. Now, it's interesting. As soon as I lift the lid, they've learned that that means food time. They all shoot, go straight up to the top. But I'm surprised that they aren't up there kind of all the time. That That is a behavior that I didn't expect to see them kind of down and in the middle like they are right now. So we'll see once they settle in what they end up doing. But yeah. So anyway, as I was saying um, earlier, <laughs> yeah, I'm always looking for fish that kind of stick at the top and, and almost stay there just to take advantage of that zone. Um, JH Aquatics. Oh, this is sad. One of my, one of the killifish jumped through a tiny crack and I found her in the shrimp tank next door. Oh, all the shrimp are gone. Oh, <laughs> this was like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> Joseph, I saw that they jumped on down. I saw that they landed in the shrimp tank. I'm like, yes. And then I saw the shrimp are gone on down again, man. Messing with my heart, Joseph. Oh man. Oh, I'm sorry that the shrimp, was it the blues, like blue bolts or whatever? I wonder which species it was. That's no good. No good at all. 43 watching. Wowzer. That's good for this little channel. Thanks everybody for being here. If you have a question or comment for me, uh, make it at Dan's fish, the at symbol, no space, just start typing Dan's fish. It'll highlight for me and I'll, I'll get to it. So speaking of which, let me look for some of those right now. Aqua Apprentice. I have two and five-year-old, a two and a five-year-old. Oh, how can I get them to eat healthier? <laughs> and the troll award goes to Aqua Apprentice. <laughs> well, do you have a dog crate? You start there. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Bob, thanks for linking the t-shirt. If anyone wants to go get it, we've got one. Skippers Aquariums, what's up, Bob? Well, hello, Skippers. Christopher Page. Hey, Dan, interested in importing designer and wild metals wholesale, but don't know where to start. Any advice? Um, I So I think it depends on the quantity you want to do. Um, if you're able to do large quantity, then, then I would just get a hold of, they're all over some betta suppliers in Thailand or whatever and say, hey, I want to buy your bettas. And they'll be like, yes, please buy my bettas. Uh, they're very willing <laughs> to do business. Um, maybe check for some references so you can make sure that other people have bought from them and not been scammed and all that. It's always a little dicey when you're doing uh, international commerce. So just make sure you get yourself in a position where you're not going to get scammed, right? Do, do a little background, a little due diligence. And then you can buy from them an import. If you want to import the, the main barrier, there's licenses and fees and all that. Anyone can navigate that. It just takes time and there's a little bit of cost associated with it. And it's kind of a pain, right? I mean, you're dealing with <laughs> bureaucracy, but that's not the big deal. The big deal is the minimum orders for those companies is very large. So if you have a large facility, you could think about that. But if you only have a small facility and don't want to go big, I would talk to a transshipper. Um, Linda Olson is in Denver. I've worked with her quite a bit. She's a, a lovely lady and has been doing this for a long time and can help people out. Um, 
Julie Tran in California does this as well, but you can contact these uh, kind of small transshippers. You can say, hey, I want to buy some bettas. They'll give you the list and then you can go in on the group purchase and that way you can order smaller amounts of bettas. They'll cost a little more, but you don't have to buy, you know, 10 boxes. And by boxes, I mean like big boxes of fish at a time to do it that way. So that might be a good place to start too. So I would start looking at, unless you want to do the massive import yourself, which I'm doubting, then I would start maybe looking for a transshipper, uh, starting a relationship with them and uh, seeing if you could, you know, build that relationship and get some bettas in that way. Linda Olson's been great. I can't say enough good things about her. She's, she's wonderful. She brings fish in twice a month. Um, Julie Tran, I've never worked with, but I've heard good things about. There's, I don't know what part of the country you're in, but there's transshippers kind of scattered all around the different ports of entry. I think Atlanta, there's one in Atlanta, uh, different areas. So that might be something worth checking out if you don't want to just bring in tons and tons at, at once. So, um, Christopher, I hope that helps. Uh, if you want Julie's, not Julie's, uh, Linda Olson's contact info, just send me an email at dan at dancefish. Say, hey, I'm the guy that wants to uh, bring in bettas and I'll get you in touch with her. I'm always happy to funnel business her way because she's an absolute wonderful lady. So glad to help her out. The more business she gets, the, the better she does. Dan Slee picked up 10 Norman's Lamp Achilles from the club meeting. Cool. They're doing great and I'm really enjoying them. Any tips on them? Thank you in advance. Um, they're, they're a fish that is so easy that I don't think they need tips, honestly. They're small schooling fish. They're peaceful or shoaling, I guess. Um, maybe a lid. In my experience, lamp eyes don't jump nearly as much as other killifish, but a lid might be uh, a good thing. But once they settle, you're probably not going to have any issues at all. They're probably going to be just like uh, little blue eyes or, you know, some of the other little kind of fish like that. So Bararis, kind of small fish like that. So I've never had any problems with them. Um, there are a lot of killifish that tend to be somewhat susceptible to velvet. I don't think lamp eyes are especially susceptible though. I've never encountered it in lamp eyes. I, there's other genus of killifish that, that the moment I get them, I'm doing pre, pre <laughs> some salt and stuff to prevent velvet. But lamp eyes, I've never had a problem. So um, they do like some space. So the bigger tank you can give them, the better. But they aren't a rapid swimmer like a Danio. So they, they aren't... Uh, they're, they're kind of a constant swimmer, but not necessarily like a, a super rapid swimmer, if that makes sense. So Dan, I honestly, they're, they're kind of super easy. So if there's a specific question you have about them, um, let me know. But honestly, I think you're going to be fine. Of course, I say that and this will be the batch that's, <laughs> that's bad or something. I don't know. But if you have a specific question, let me know. If anyone else listening uh, has had... Norman's lamp by killifish and ran into an issue and can help steer Dan Slee correct so he doesn't have the same issue, please do chime in. Or if you noticed anything they benefited from, please do chime in. But 
in my experience, Dan, they're they're super simple. So good catch, good pickup, and I hope you enjoy them. Skipper's Aquariums. I have puppies for sale. Do you want one? Hmm. I'm trying to see if puppies is a euphemism for some species of fish. All right. So I'm going to chalk that up to trolling and move on. <laughs> no, I'm a cat guy. I, I don't have the time for a dog. Like, uh, I like dogs. I grew up with dogs, but I'm not going to get a dog till I have the time to, to give it because I know how much they want to bond with you and how much they require. In fact, one way I got through college is I used to dog sit. So when people went away on vacation, I'd go take care of their house and their dogs and stuff. And it was a great for a young single college kid. I got to stay in all these Hollywood mansions. Uh, you know, you make 50 bucks a night to sleep there and feed the dog and watch their TV and swim in their pool. It was a good gig. And I made some good friends that way. They're still, still good friends. Um, and it's kind of helped me in my entertainment career, but yeah. Dolly Vigil. Hello. Hello, everyone. What the lumberjack about? Just a hatchet for the hatchet fish. Uh, hatchet fish got me thinking of hatchets. And that got me thinking of the Monty Python lumberjack song for some reason. And uh, yeah, my mind spiraled from there. So I was like, this will be a fun thumbnail. So that's it. Uh, the the whole lumberjack thing is, is this. Just, you know, about a million uh, silver hatchet fish in this aquarium. That's where the lumberjack theme comes from. And uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> just having fun with it. 10 bucks. G Cunningham. Hey, Dan, thanks for the extra heat pack. All arrived healthy and happy today. The milk is a stunner. Cheers. Hey, I'm glad to hear it. That's awesome. Thanks, G Cunningham. Thanks for the super chat. On top of uh, being a good customer. Thanks for throwing money at me here. I really appreciate it. Never required, always appreciated. And I'm glad they made it. That's awesome. And thanks for letting me know about your weather. Uh, anytime anyone does that, it just empowers me. So I'm more likely to be able to know the best way to get the fish to you. So I really appreciate that. Um, 54 Punchy talking about the weather. Yes, it's really bad. I had no choice. Got stuck in the road in front of my house. Yep. We're having snowmageddon here in uh, Wyoming. But for us, it's kind of just another Tuesday. But today it's, uh, it's, it's a little worse. It's a lot of snow all at once, a lot of heavy wind. And we have blizzard warnings out there and stuff. So not a day to be on the road for sure. So, well, I hope it gave you some time to sip some, uh, you know, warm tea and scratch the dog behind the ears, 54 Punchy. <laughs> um, it would have been dangerous driving home tonight. Yeah, wind is picking up to 50 miles per hour to 80 miles per hour gusts, still snowing hard. Yeah, not a day to be on the road. I agree. So, I never experienced this in California, but in Wyoming, the weather is a real topic of concern. <laughs> like the weather here will kill you if you're not careful. There are days when I just don't go out. I'm just like, I guess it's ramen today because I'm not going out in that. Skipper's Aquariums, my silver lab had a litter of puppies Sunday. Oh, cool. I was messing with you. Oh, I know. <laughs> she had eight puppies, five females and three males. All right, cool. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad to hear it. Um, hope they all do well. Long Island Fish Guy, do you keep any, did you keep any of the clouded archers? I did not. Um, they went pretty darn quick. However, on the list this week was another group of them that was a good size and a good quantity for a good price. So I'm putting in an order for them. Whether they arrive or not, I don't know. Um, they proved to be super hardy fish, like no issues. 
They were a party. They settled in really easily. They didn't bother any other fish. They were very peaceful to other fish. With each other, there was a tiny bit of like jostling and stuff, but no one got any like nipped fins or like there was no damage. So it's a fish I really like. So I've had my eye on them. Um, I can almost always, um, there's a supplier that almost always has them listed, but that doesn't always mean they come in. And they're usually not in a quantity or price point that makes sense. I, I want to be able to sell them for under 50 bucks a piece if I can. And um, often what they're charging, it would have to be more than that. But this week there was a supplier with a good group at a good price. So I've put in for them. We'll see if I win. Um, so here's kind of, so these suppliers are also supplying fish to lots of other areas of the world. So they sell to Japan, they sell to Europe, they sell to, you know, everywhere. The problem that, that we have is we're kind of like the last stop. So Japan pays really good prices for fish. Europe pays really good prices for fish. America, we don't value fish as much, so we aren't willing to pay as much. So often what I think happens is all this stuff is listed and then it's a gamble. It's okay. They, their collectors have said they, ha they have access to this. So they list it. It doesn't mean they have it like in stock in their warehouse or, or in their whatever that facility is they're lean to, or, you know, often these are warm countries that just have a, a open top kind of structure, things like that. But anyway, um, so if the collector gets it good, it goes to the kind of place where they kind of collect all those together and then the exporter gets them. And the issue is if they got to the exporter, great. But, you know, maybe half of the species listed don't get to the exporter because the collector couldn't find enough or uh, that that collection site was flooded out or whatever. So now the exporter has however many of those fish. I'm saying 50% just because easy math, right? I don't know what it actually is. It can vary. Well, now they get orders in from Japan and from Europe and from the United States and from other areas. And what they're going to do is sell the fish to the highest paying countries first. So let's say they get in, I don't know, some clouded archer fish, for example, which are difficult to collect. And there's not, you know, they're a hard fish to get just because they're so remote. But let's say they, they succeed at getting some. Well, if Japan is willing to pay three times as much for them as America is, and if Europe is willing to pay two times as much as America is, then they're going to fill those orders first. And then eventually it gets to America. It's like, okay, we've still got some, we'll send them. Or sorry, they all went to Japan. So it's really this crapshoot of <laughs> when you do it that way of ordering but it's also a crapshoot when you just go with a normal wholesaler. Uh, hopefully it's an up and up wholesaler that only lists what they actually have in stock. But they, the list comes out on Monday. All the stores in the nation go to order those things. Not everyone's going to get them. So it, it's, really, it's really a crapshoot. But um, I'm trying Long Island Fish Guide to get some in. I hope they come Monday.
In fact, there's some awesome stuff. I, oh, I won't talk about it yet. I'll see what actually comes, but there's some amazing stuff um, available that, that is usually really hard to find. This might be a good segue. Let me tell you what I, I did get in. Um, the hatchet fish behind me, I've had them for about a week. They're, they're in this tank now. They're through their antibiotics and stuff. And this is their uh, forever home for some of them, I think. And then I've got so many that I'll be selling some. And then I also got these, which most of you probably know. These are the blue stiffidon gobies. Uh, I found them at a price point that made sense. I've always liked this fish a lot. Um, and so I decided to go ahead and get some. So I've had some of these for about a week. They're doing good. Today I moved them to their more permanent home, a 75 gallon aquarium. And then finally got some of these, chili rasboras. They're so hard to get because everyone wants them. And when they come in, they're, they're in limited numbers and they're pretty frail. So it's hard to get good ones, but finally did, excited about them. Um, it'll be a little while before they're available, but uh, that's kind of, it was a, a small order this time, but uh, that's, what, that's what I got in. One of my main suppliers, the entire order got shorted. They just, they messaged me and said, hey, sorry, this week something went down. And they're like, uh, no one's getting fish this week, sorry. So I went ahead and put in a smaller order with another supplier and got those three species. And uh, yeah, sometimes that's how the ball bounces. But that's what we got going on right now. Aqua Apprentice, do you have experience with Goodyeads? Some limited, I'm no Greg Sage, but I do have some. Um, I guess the fact that I say Goodyeads is, <laughs> Goodyeads, I guess is what it should be. If I post a pic and get Gil's Facebook, do you think you could ID the ones I have were just labeled Goodyeads? Maybe, um, there's other people on that, in the Facebook group, the Get Gills Facebook group that might be able to do it better than I could. But um, yeah, put them up there. We'll give it a shot. We'll give it a try. And then if we can't do it, email Greg Sage or um, yeah, email Greg Sage and uh, he might be able to do it for you. He's a responsive guy. He usually gets back in about 24 hours. Dank Tanks. Hey, Dank. Good to see you again. Glad you're here. All right. 54 Punchy, link in the t-shirt. Thank you. Um, Kaylor says, congrats on 4,100 subs. Yeah, we did it. 62 watching. Hey, everybody. Glad you're here. Yeah, we did it. It took a while, but uh, 4,100 subs and climbing. We are, uh, we're growing. We're the little engine that could, you know, slow and steady. But uh, I'm not doing any growth hacks. I'm not doing any, like, tricks or... I don't know, clickbait. I don't know, maybe me with a hatchet is clickbait, but um, you're all used to my weird live stream thumbnails. So that's probably, <laughs> that's about as far as I go. Um, for the 60 watching, welcome. If you haven't been here before, if you have a question or comment for me, um, I'm happy to engage with you. My backgrounds are, um, breeding fish is something I'm passionate about. I can help with a lot of species, breeding and raising fry. Um, I'm pretty knowledgeable about the industry. I've worked in pet stores. I've worked at large kind of wholesale facilities, uh, very large internet supplier and other big commercial operations like that. And so that's kind of the stuff I know about. And then um, shipping fish, I can help you with that. If you have any questions about shipping fish, I've done a lot. 
and not a hundred percent successful, but pretty close. I, I've kind of got it dialed in. I'm always learning more and tweaking things, but those are kind of the main areas, uh, or just any fish stuff. But in order to get me to answer your question or comment, just say at Dan's fish. So type the at symbol and without a space or anything, start typing Dan's fish. It'll populate and highlight for me. And when it highlights, I'll see it and respond. If you're on a phone, sometimes that doesn't always work. So if for some reason I'm not getting to your question or comment, um, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because it's not highlighting for me and I'm not seeing it. So in that case, if you would maybe get the attention of a mod or something so they can bring my attention to it. That doesn't happen a lot, but there's certain like phones that it, it just doesn't highlight with. So um, Reels, congrats on the 4.1K subs. Well, thanks. I mean, small potatoes compared to a lot of channels, right? But but it's growing, again, it's growing steady and I'm, I'm happy to be there and I can't wait for 5,000. So yeah, every, every week it's a little higher. And man, I'm always wanting to put out more videos than I can, but it's, 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 uh, it's a time thing. Anyone here that makes videos knows, knows about that. It really is just a time thing. So um, I guess maybe I will, maybe I will tell you, here's what I've ordered for, um, for next week. I, I don't usually do this, but I am super excited about it. So let me sh share with you this stuff. So there's a wild betta that I've been trying for a while to get. I've ordered this sucker for probably six weeks straight, and I'm trying again. It's uh, the, the Tingi, which is probably going to be a, a betta pugnax species. So I'm trying to get some of those. Um, trying to get more of the swordtails. Those sold out in a flash, and so trying to get another group of those. And then kind of the, the peppermint crocodile gourami if you know that fish that's one that i've been looking for forever um i saw them in rich Briarley's tanks when i uh took a look at his fish facility and they're pretty spectacular um some more fricatas just because i'm running really low and i love that fish trying to get some true montezume swordtails they're on the list i'm trying to get them in Last time I got them, they ended up being a wild type uh, Hellerai, uh, probably from Belize, but this is a completely different supplier. So I'm real hopeful these come in as actual Montezumes. And then something called, it's like the green lizard loach. It's, it's a Hillstream loach light. So it's not like a stingray looking Hillstream loach. It's, it's a little less flat than that, but it's, it's a really cool Hillstream type loach that I've been wanting for a long time, the archer fish, and then a couple kinds of gobies, the golden goby and the lipstick goby. And the trick with those is those are just common names. So until they come in, I'm not sure exactly what species they'll be, but that's what's, that's what's on the order. We'll see what actually comes. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a gamble, but uh, those, for those that don't know, um, let me just show you real quick these peppermint grommies. These are just so awesome. Um, it's it's a grommie that has evolved to be a, a predator. Um, here they are, but they're also really pretty. So this is it with its mouth inflated. 
it's this big gulper and this is kind of a good pick yeah they have this neat design on them um let me see if i can find one with even better yeah this is pretty good although this here this kind of beige and brown is often more of kind of a, a purplish color um i don't see it showing up well on any of these pictures but i'm hoping this is what shows up um i don't know exactly again it's a common name and i asked the whole the supplier um it's not a wholesaler uh, i asked the supplier hey, this is what I'm looking for. Do you know if this is actually this? And he's like, I don't know. We've never actually brought that in before. Like no one's ordered it. It's just on the, it's just on the list. So I'm mean, going to give it a try and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> 65 watching. Not too bad. If you don't mind taking a moment to share this, that would be greatly appreciated. Hello, Keith. Good to see you. Keith Bordley is in the house. Uh, Daryl Deemer. Hey, Daryl, any tips on the fork-tailed rainbow fish when I received them? Um, trying to think. They're another one that's super easy in my experience. Their, their temperament, hmm. How do I describe them? They're, they're a constant swimmer, but not super fast. So kind of like a Danio but not quite with that much zip, <laughs> if you will. Um, they do like, they do like some kind of bushy plant or mop or something in something that's cool is if you have that, whether it's a clump of Java moss or some kind of dense plant clump or just a, a spawning mop is a couple times a day, they'll group around that all the males will group around it. And by the way, they don't fight or anything. They're not super aggressive. They'll, they'll kind of spar and display, but I don't think you're going to have any aggression issues. But they'll group around that and they'll all dance and try to lure the females to that plant or that spawning mop. And that's super cool. Um, they were doing it the other day and I, gosh, I tried to get some video. And of course, as soon as I put the camera up to the tank, they all kind of scattered because the camera is new to them. But for just seeing their behavior, I would recommend something like that. Some place in the tank where they're gonna, it's going to be an obvious central spawning site. Just because when they group around it like that, it's pretty awesome. Uh, and by the way, I sent you even sex ratios. So uh, you should hopefully be able to get some, some good eggs from them. So just keeping them, they're super easy to feed. They've been eating flakes and pellets. Um, they've been eating frozen food and live food as well. One thing, though, is they tend to stay kind of in the top third of the aquarium. They're not like always pegged at the very top of it, but they kind of, kind of tend to be in that upper layer. And it takes them a while to learn to eat food that's on the bottom of the tank. So if you're feeding rapashi and stuff, it's going to take a while before they learn, oh, I have to go to the bottom of the tank to eat food. So I haven't trained them specifically into rapashi. Sometimes I'll like crumble stuff up, some rapashi up and kind of swirl around in the tank and they'll eat at that but they do tend to eat in the kind of upper level of the aquarium. As far as spawning them, they'll lay their eggs. The eggs are really hard, like tough little things. And you can just take out the group and let the fry hatch in the tank. You can take out 
the spawning meat, like the mop or the group of plants and put them in another tank or container to hatch. Or you can pick the eggs out and kind of artificially incubate them. The nice thing about them is that unlike uh, like true rainbow fish, like the Melanotanias and Guasalepis and stuff like that, um, the fry of these little guys is actually a lot bigger than those other fish. So they can eat baby brine shrimp right away, which makes them super easy to raise. So once they hatch, they're free swimming right away and they'll eat baby brine shrimp pretty much right away. So they're really easy to raise and they don't take as long to grow out as like a lot of the rainbow fish that we're familiar with. Because technically they're a blue eye, technically they're a different group of fish. Um, the common name is rainbow fish, but they're, they're actually not. So they, they have a little bit different uh, growth rate and things than your average rainbow fish would. Um, what else? Minor and really soft, somewhat acid water, um, just because that's what I have. That being said, if you have hard or alkaline, it's usually both hard alkaline water, they're going to adjust right away. Um, so if you have soft water, you're fine. That's what they're used to. If you have hard water, that's a real easy adjustment for them. So I don't think you can have any issues. Um, they've grown a lot. So I think you're going to find some kind of big stunning fricadas when they arrive, Daryl. That's my hope anyway. Um, if you have a specific question about them, something I haven't talked about or something you're specifically worried about, um, let me know and I'll dig in a little deeper. But yeah, that's uh, in my experience, they're kind of tough as nails. Now, every now and then when you bring in a batch, they'll have something wrong and then you have to really treat them and, and get them healthy and stuff. That wasn't the case with this batch and generally isn't. They're, they almost always come in in really good shape. So, yeah. Mob Guppy, hey, glad you made it. Glad you're here. Um, let's see your Cheshire cat. Uh, seriously? <laughs> this is an ongoing thing with me and Cheshire cat. Ugh, seriously, chili reservoirs and a beta I've never heard of. Why are you trying to tempt me? Those peppermint grommies are cool too. <laughs> so like every week I post stuff, do the unboxings and stuff. And Cheshire Cat's like, well, now I want those too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough road to hoe. Hey, at least we have options, right? At least we aren't in a place like, I don't know. Is it Maine where there's a whitelist and you can only have like, I don't know, 50 species of fish or... Australia, where it's really hard to get fish in and stuff. So yeah, too many options. I'll take that over very few options any day. Bathyphila, apparently Facebook has been having outages across the globe today. Yeah, I could not post. Typically, um, I always post a link to this live stream in on my Facebook page, Dance Fish, and in some various groups, uh, the Fish Fam pa Facebook page and in some others. Um, aquarium live stream information, sometimes tank talk, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I could not get it to work today. So I eventually just gave up and, and went with this. But, but we have more watching now than usual. So maybe I should not advertise on Facebook ever. Now it's probably just because Corey's done. I'm, I'm assuming Corey's done. Anyway, 64 watching, not bad. Yeah, but Facebook has been, uh, I haven't been able to use it today. Dalton Young, thanks for everything. What's it going to take to get some Tanganyikans in your life? It's probably going to take some hard water. 
for me. Um, the issue is my water here is naturally soft, like super soft. Like the, the hardness often doesn't even register on a test strip. To, to see my hardness, I have to get a special advanced kit. And it looks like my hardness is about two grains, which is very soft. Now, Tanganyikan cichlids want it super hard. I call it ocean light. <laughs> so <laughs> it's super hard and, and alkaline. So it's like the ocean, but without the salt. So I call it ocean light. That's what they want. Whereas what I have is the exact opposite. So I'm sure it can be done. And I do like Tanganyikans. And there was a period in my life where that's like what I was really into. But I used to live in places with really hard alkaline water. Now I don't. So un there's so many soft water fish or fish that do fine in soft water, even if they aren't specifically soft water fish, though, that um, there's so many great ones that naturally like my water that'll probably keep those mostly uh, and get those mostly. So I don't know. One day Tanganyikans will call to me again and I'll be like, I have to find a way. But right now, there's so many other fish I can keep that it, I'm not worried about doing that. I was looking at some uh, Cynodonus today. I, I do like that fish a lot. This was one from the Congo, though, so it was a softer water Cynodonus. Um, but I ended up not doing it just because the price wasn't quite right. Um, Kelly's Aquatics, what's your opinion of using vitamins for fish, either in food or the water column, hyped to enhance color and robustness? So... Um, I will often take some, like when I'm doing my frozen foods or with rapache, I don't do it so much because there's already a lot of vitamins in there, but sometimes I'll take, uh, when I'm thawing my frozen food, I'll take a little bit of a liquid vitamin supplement, you know, one made for humans, nothing super special. Um, and put a little bit in there so that as it thaws, it might uptake some of that. The thing that I found to be most useful though, um, is fulvic acid. So I will frequently supplement my frozen food with fulvic acid. I'll sometimes put it in the rapashi as well. Fulvic acid is, is in my experience, a pretty magical thing. So that's what I tend to go for more than, uh, more than vitamins. But I will occasionally put in a little liquid vitamin supplement. It's very unscientific though. I only put a little bit in. As it thaws, I imagine some of it gets absorbed into the brine shrimp or blood worms or mysis shrimp or whatever, but I don't know. <laughs> it's just cheap, so you know, why not? One interesting thing about fish that I did learn, um, I listen to podcasts and live streams a lot while I'm working around the fish room. And there's this one podcast all about diseases. And one of the diseases they covered was, um, what is it, scurvy? The one where you have a vitamin C deficiency. And what I learned listening to that, this is interesting, is that humans can't make their own vitamin C. Guinea pigs can't make their own vitamin C. But almost every other animal can. So fish in general don't necessarily need a lot of vitamin C. Um, if I understood that right, again, it's a podcast. These aren't <laughs> veterinarians. But from what they were saying, it, it sounded like they could probably make their own vitamin C. So I don't know. I used to worry about them not having enough vitamin C and 
I'd even feed like oranges and stuff, but it seems like that's not an issue with fish. If anyone here knows more about that than I do, because again, I just heard it on a podcast. Um, let me know. All right. Kaylee's Aquatics, link in the shirt. Thanks. Bathy Phila, you ever try colony breeding egg scatterers? Yes. Um, the issue is yield. So I've done egg scatterers like lots of people in, in a community aquarium with lots of plants in it and stuff. And you just maintain the tank like normal and put in small food once or twice a day in case there's any fry, right? Um, I've done that. And you'll occasionally get some barbs or some tetras or something to kind of grow up in that tank. If that's what you're talking about as far as colony breeding. Yes, I've done that. Um, I've done another kind of colony breeding too, though, which is where you just keep your colony of fish and then occasionally you put in an area for them to spawn and do a large water change. So you feed them good. Um, then you put in like, let's say a plastic uh, container full of like marbles with maybe some Java moss on top of it, something like that. Um, and then you change a bunch of water and that often will stimulate them to spawn and they'll go and they'll lay their, some of their eggs there and you can get a good yield that way sometimes. So that's one way to breed egg scatterers without having to do a big, you know, effort to separate them out and do all that. Um, so that's an easy way to do it. So I've done it both those ways, either just in a well-established tank where some fry naturally, naturally, it's in an artificial glass box, but naturally um, survive and grow up and you kind of help them along with small food um, or put in a container, catch several eggs, take that container out and artificially incubate them. So Bathyphila, those are the ways that I've colony bred egg scatterers. And I like the second way quite a bit because you don't have to have a lot of aquariums to do it. You just have a tank with fish and occasionally it's like, let's see if these will spawn and you throw that in there and sometimes they will. And then it's great. It's a bonus. Um, so I think if so, any tips? Yeah, I think those are my tips, Matthew Phillip. Besides have food ready, most egg scatters have very small, small, small babies, very small eggs. And so start your infusoria culture or whatever you're going to use, your rotifers, whatever it is, like well in advance of having, uh, having them spawn. Otherwise, you'll get all these eggs. It'll be very exciting. Hopefully they hatch. Still exciting. You'll get wrigglers. Awesome. You'll get little free swimming babies. Great. And then within a couple of days, they'll all starve out because we weren't prepared. So just be prepared with the food. Blackwater. Is it hard to get any species of dwarf pikes? Um, are you talking about pike cichlids? Is, can you clarify what you're talking about? If you're asking about pike cichlids, there's often pike cichlids available, not always dwarf varieties, but um, they're out there. I tend to stay away from them, not because I don't like them, I do, but they're usually very expensive. And the other thing is there are fish that it's often hard to keep them um, in, they, there can be aggression issues. They can be very aggressive with each other or they can be very aggressive with other fish. So in a larger facility where I could really dedicate the space to a dwarf, to a pike cichlid dwarf or otherwise, I might do that. But with a limited number of aquariums, um, I kind of want to keep several species together 
and usually just species that will um, not be aggressive to each other. So that's what I'm looking for usually. That being said, these peppermint pike gouramis, um, I'm just getting them because I've wanted them forever and I've always thought they were spectacular. I've never been able to keep them. I've seen them in friends' tanks and things, but finally saw something that might be them, so I'm giving it a go. And I'm willing to dedicate a tank to them. And you know what? I'm getting overrun with like guppies. Like I have so many mutts growing up right now, um, just kind of mutts that have come out of different breeding projects. So I, I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> fattening those uh, pike garamis up. <laughs> truth be told, just because I need to thin some of these out and I don't have a large local population. I can, you know, get rid of a thousand guppies easily. So there's not a huge demand online for mutt guppies. So yeah, I've got a ton. <laughs> Dolly Vigil, I need more space for tanks. I know the feeling. MTS is hard. I know it's not a question, but do frustrations still count? Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Dolly Vigil's wondering if he posts a frustration. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. I need more tanks. Arr. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Always. And it never ends. Like, this is a pretty good sized fish room um, or facility, but I always want more too. Absolutely. Kayla's Aquatics, I started doing the same for my marine tanks. Thanks for your input. You're welcome. Um, started doing the same for my marine tanks. I have, I'm probably behind in the chat, Bob, and don't remember exactly what that's referring to, but I'm glad it was helpful. Hey, everyone saying hi to Cichlids23. Welcome. Glad you're here. Glad you made it. Vitamin C is not fat soluble, so it can't be stored by us. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, that's one reason it's hard to overdose on. You just, you know, it clears right out of your body. Um, so, yeah, I know it can't be stored. And that's why you get scurvy, right? You don't have vitamin C for long enough, then um, you can't store it very long at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, and from what I understand, fish make their own. That's that's something I think I learned. <laughs> All right. Hey, did we reach the bottom of the chat? Wow, we did. 752, we're already here. Hey, Mile High, glad you made it. Good to see you. 61 watching. So, folks, let me know what you're breeding and raising. Uh, Bob, how are those little pelvic acromas doing um, did we ever find out what those tiny, tiny little mystery fry were? I'm still, I'm a little behind on those videos, so I'm not quite sure. What's everyone breeding and raising? What projects do you have going on? And is there anyone in here that's building a fish room? Um, and how far are you on it? And if you are and you have a YouTube channel, let me know, because that's something I love to geek out on is fish room builds. Um, the fish tank barn, five bucks for the tip jar. Hey, thanks so much. Speaking of fish rooms and building, I hope your projects are going good. Oh, Bob Keller was thanking you for the vitamins input. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, seriously, if anyone here has not looked at fulvic acid, just do some Google searches for fulvic acid, fish, disease, like all together, and you'll come across some pretty interesting um, articles 
There are scientific studies, AB studies, where they demonstrate how much fulvic acid helps fish fight off disease. Um, it's really, I think, an important element. It's something worth looking into. And you'll see these AB studies where they take, I don't know, carp or catfish or whatever, and they have two different populations. They'll purposely infect them with Aeromonas or another bacteria or disease. One pond won't get fulvic acid, the other will, and the survival rates are dramatically different in favor of those that got fulvic acid. So it's pretty good um, evidence that that's an important thing. Institutions like the Steinhardt Aquarium have done a lot of research on it. So it's, it's not just like hobbyist lore. It's something that I think is pretty well established by some of the leading experts in fish nutrition. So um, I, I rely on it a lot to help me get fish that are stressed and newly imported and stuff um, over that. So it's worth looking into. It's not super expensive. You can get it on Amazon or eBay in a liquid form by a company called BioAg. And uh, just something worth looking into if you haven't done it. Aqua Apprentice, cool, building a fish room. I know, I know, going well and documented on YouTube. Two rack setup, but stopping to insulate the garage currently. Yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> don't, don't ever rush into a fish room without insulation, man. Your electricity bill will be horrendous if you do that. So good on you. Hobbit Habits, Bree Bree. Those 10 albino hyphen paleotis that I drove three hours for are spawning. Awesome. And I have around 70 babies after two weeks. That's Corey's for you. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. You know, that's if you have a Corey and you've tried everything and you can't get it to spawn, just move it to another tank. Just, just move it to a completely different aquarium. Sometimes that does the trick. Sounds like it did the trick for Hobbit Habits fish. That's great. Ulysses Hernandez, I am breeding red cobra guppies and black metal tails. Awesome. Black metals are pretty stunning fish. That's great. Um, well, I hope they're breeding out for you true. I hope the line's coming along well. Fish tank barn clownfish fry. Yep. Tomatoes about 10 days old. Might be rearranging the tanks in the barn. Autopharynx tetrastigamma. I think I said that right. Zebra obliquidens, guppies, yellow labs, purple ACI, platys, and others. Man, congrats on the clownfish. I mean, I know they're one of the more common marine fish to breed, but I'm always like, in my mind, marine fish are just hard. So, <laughs> so I'm always stoked when someone breeds them. <laughs> Cichlids 23, trying to breed my gold Kawanga Mabuna. No success yet. They're about two inches, so I'm going to be patient. Now, that's one. I'm going to look that one up. Gold Kawanga Mabuna. I know my Mabuna pretty well, but this one's not ringing any bells. Oh, these. Okay, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So here's what he's working on. All right. That's a beautiful fish. Um... Yeah, and I hope they go for you. I imagine they will eventually. They're Mabuna, right? They have to. <laughs> Bathy Phila, looking at building some racks for 10 and 20 gallons. Can't finalize on a design though. Well, um, I've never been sorry when I went with larger tanks. Let me just put that out there. So I, I've never been sorry to have big tanks. 
Small ones are good if you plan on breeding lots of different species and just want to breed a few of lots of different stuff because then you can kind of collect Doritis your way through that and raise a batch here of this and there of that and stuff. You have a lot of little tanks to mess with. But um, I've never been sorry when I've got the biggest tank I can fit in a space. It's just the maintenance is less. I can keep larger groups. I can grow out large amounts of fry. It's just, it's just easier. So just to put out the, that out there, I don't know if that's helpful at all, but yeah. Can't wait to see it when it comes along. Bathy Phillip, also looking at picking up some Aphanius Mento to try for summer, summer tubbing. Well, that's a good one. That should do fine for you. I've kept that fish. They're fun. <laughs> Pugnacious, <laughs> spunky little guys, but fun. You know, there are fish that can take such a wide range of temperatures. Um, and it's kind of their activity level is matches their temperature. So you keep them cool and they'll, they'll swim around and stuff. Keep them a little warmer. You know, they'll swim around. You keep them in the low 80s or so and they're like little... They're like little laser beams, like just zipping around. They're really fun fish. Skipper's Aquariums, thanks for the great chat. I got to go and tend to the puppy fry. <laughs> well, congrats on the Silver Labs. I hope they do well for you. Long Island Fish Guy, I just recently got some Scleromastix Barbatus. I really hope they breed for me. I do too. Those things are awesome. How big are they? That's, I mean, I know that's a quarry type, right? And that one gets pretty big, right? It's a big boy, if I remember right. I'm breeding Corridor's Sturbice as Reels Tanks, Guppies, really, they breed themselves, I know, and have a few angelfish fry here in Frynado Alley. Yes, you do. Yeah, Guppies, it's not getting them to breathe that's the challenge. I think that with the Guppies in general anyway, it's, it's getting the purity in the line, right? It's making them beautiful and consistent um, without inbreeding so much that, that the line breaks down and it, so yeah, with guppies, it's not, I got my guppies to breed. It's like, well, yeah, so who cares? Everyone does. But it's about the finesse of the line and, and getting all the traits how you want them and, and things like that. So I have an appreciation for guppy breeders. It's, it's not hard to breed guppies, but it is hard to breed really good guppies consistently. Cheshire Cat, I'm raising some sort of algae hair on my floating plants that are right beneath the light. <laughs> it seems to collect little particles and stuff like a filter. Yep, for sure it does. So some people are raising fish. Cheshire cats raising algae. Congrats. <laughs> I mean, I have algae in all my tanks too. And I don't mind it, honestly. It's unless it gets so thick that it just like starts choking everything out. Um, I look at it as just part of the ecosystem. So it doesn't bother me at all. I generally just clean the front of the glass and let the rest go. So now that being said, in this tank, the algae was really bad. And so I, I did get some Siamese algae eaters in there and they, they kept it down. But, but in general, a little algae, that's just natural. No biggie. Dalton Young, my favorite project has been my Swiss line super red hong guy. I'm trying to get the brightest red possible. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, those are a pretty fish. And yeah, you know, sometimes you see those and it's kind of yellow or a little orange. Yeah, if you can go for bright red, that'd be awesome. Long Island Fish Guy, yeah, man, they get pretty big. Cool, the Scleromastics. I'm super excited about it. They're kind of small right now, just 
about the same size as a Hobrosis. Oh, they are really small then. Yeah, cool. Well, I hope they raise up and do well for you. And cooler water, right, on those? I think those are, if I'm remembering right, it's been a while, but yeah. G. Cunningham, thinking of a garage build, keeping about 10 species of Achilles at the moment, picking Aphiosimian Volcanum, what, what's that location? A Kondo TT eggs at the moment. Cool. It's a good way to do a live stream. Sit down, pick some eggs with the live stream going. I dig. <laughs> Hobbit Habits only cleans the front glass as well. Yeah. Um, Angel Edwards, will you be getting any Epistogram Cockatoides double reds? Probably not. Um, if I find a group at a price that makes sense, I'll get them. But the issue is they're so common. Everyone can kind of get them locally that it doesn't make a ton of sense for me to bring them in when the ones I would get are the same as, as anyone would get locally. That being said, if I find them also the supplier that generally has those, they're generally at a price point that I'm like, nah, no, nah, I'd have to charge my customers too much for that. So, um, so no, I, I, I don't have any specific plans to get them. I do like that fish though. And like most fish, if I find them at a price point that makes sense, then I'll probably do that. But I haven't yet. Are we buffering? Man, it's telling me, hang on, let me go back here and see how we're looking. It's telling me, did everyone just get a, a massive buffer? Ooh, looks like it might be. Okay, we're back. <laughs> was that super bad on your guys' end? That looks pretty bad from what I was seeing. We are in the middle of a blizzard right here, so I'm not surprised. Like outside, it's it's nasty, like blizzard time. Yeah, it was buffering. I saw that, just the wheel spinning. Um, okay. See, I saw one here. It didn't highlight, but James Glenn, there it is. Ever heard of Barbus? Barilodes. See, I, I speak Spanish, in, in a Castilian form of Spanish, so I always want to say Barijodes. <laughs> it's hard for me to, to not go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> go a little bit <laughs> Castilian when I see that. No, I don't know that fish. Let's take a look. Let's see what these guys are. So here's what we're talking about. Oh, cool. That's a cool fish. Wait, that's Fasciolatus. Um, is it Fasciolatus or is it a separate species? Let's see. Maybe this will show us. No. No. Don't know it. Never heard of it. So is it? So let me know. Is it different than Fasciolatus? I'm, I'm assuming it has to be. Maybe a closely related fish to that. Don't know them. Um, if you do, let me know. How big do they get? Are they aggressive? What are they like? Uh, do you have any? Or are you just looking for some? That's cool. I saw them in, oh, okay. I saw them in a European YouTube video, but I don't see them online anywhere. Gorgeous red with vertical black bars. Um, I've never seen that fish. Um, if it's an African species, those can be really hard to get in sometimes. But no, that's gorgeous, though. Super gorgeous. Reminds me a little bit of J. Uh, Barb. I don't know. I don't know what the genus is, but the J Barb, J-A-E. Um, 
If I see those, I'll be getting some though. That was a gorgeous little fish. And I mean, there's barbs available every week, but it's like 500 kinds of tiger barbs and then a few other stuff. <laughs> oh, it's buffering again. We might be, we might be shutting this down here pretty soon. Um, someone says, <laughs> Dan getting to plecos. Dang it. Says mile high. Well, I'm into starlight plecos. The plecos you gave me, man, they're doing good. They've grown a lot. Um, three, four inches now. So they're getting bigger. So I'm actually thinking about putting them in here once this tank kind of uh, settles. Like, I want to make sure the hatches have been in there for a few weeks before I do that. But yeah, ooh, buffering again. Um, buffering so bad. So everybody, I'm sorry. It looks like the blizzard is doing this in. It's buffering super bad. So I think we're probably going to call it. Um, we've lost half the audience. It doesn't look like anything's happening. It is full blizzard mode here in Wyoming. And it's been going for a couple minutes, it looks like, this buffer symbol. So I'm probably going to shut this down. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Thanks to everyone as usual. Super Chats, thank you. Um, mods, thanks. Everyone that chimed in, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm going to call it because we're having some bad buffer. But anyway, next Wednesday, hope to see you at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye, everyone.